It's not always easy to find the positive. You might even need to search for happiness. Sometimes, just a little inspiration can make the difference. Here, it comes from unexpected places. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast. I'm Teresa. And I'm Colleen. We're two ordinary moms looking for inspiration wherever we can find it. Hello. Welcome to Tangential Inspiration. We are glad to be here with you today. I'm super excited for this one. I'm going to learn some stuff. (laughs) I am just going to talk about, in one of Colleen's random offshoots, (laughs) I'm going to just talk about other ways we can be inspired besides this wonderful podcast. Because, you know, sometimes Teresa and I take a week off. Yeah. And you got to think of other ways to and get there might your be inspiration more that week. Life is right. crazy busy. Right, and yeah. it's summer. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I just and want then to talk about... holidays will be here before totally. we know <sighs> it. It's all halfway through the year. I, shh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to talk about a woman known as Vietnam's Mother Teresa. Okay. And then my mother-in-law sent me an article on a man that is not letting age slow him down. Okay. And then I also am going to... Go the opposite direction okay. with Zayla <laughs> Avangard. Do you recognize that name? No. The spelling bee girl. Who she's not letting age stop her either. She's okay. not letting it, you know, prevent her from doing amazing things. I love spelling. I know that's weird, but I yeah. love weird words and I love using them and I like she like spelling. <laughs> memorized like twelve thousand words a day. Okay, well not that. <laughs> you don't love it that much. <laughs> no, but I do like really Good words. And I like them pronounced correctly. And vocabulary. (laughs) I do like vocabulary, too. too. Me, too. Sounds great. So several weeks ago, I talked about Clara Hale. Yes. The woman that some called America's Mother Teresa. Right. She was a humanitarian who opened up a home for disadvantaged children, including kids. All the babies. Yes. (laughs) Babies born to addicts. Yes, that's right. Loved, loved babies. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, President Reagan even referenced her in a State of the Union speech in 1985, calling her an American hero. That's right. And I recently learned about a woman called the Mother Teresa of Vietnam. Hoon Thiev Hong runs a nonprofit with 350 adopted children. Wow. The group offers adoption, support, and most importantly, love to foundlings, orphans, and homeless children. Do you know what a foundling is? I had to look it up. Because oh. I guess it, it's basically like Annie, where there's a baby and okay. you leave it on, you leave a baby. Okay. I so, would just call that an orphan. I know. I think orphans is more of a reference to a little bit older. Okay. So okay. I guess not infants. Right. Interesting. I just learned this. Me too. The family. I did. Speaking of vocabulary. Yes. I didn't know what that Absolutely. was. Absolutely. Because of this nonprofit, its donors and the volunteers, those adopted kids receive an education, have a safe place to sleep and play, as well as providing necessary medical care. Huang herself knows the struggles that these kids face. She was a family. She doesn't even know her surname or even the day of her birth. She was left on a doorstep with the tag that noted 1968. Okay. So following the war, an elderly homeless woman dedicated to finding Huang a home. She also taught her how to beg for food. And this kind woman found a married couple looking to adopt. So she thought it was ideal. Mm -hmm. But instead of living happily ever after, Huang was sexually abused by the adopted father. 
So once again, strangers stepped in and neighbors helped her escape. She bounced from one train to another, exhausted and starving. She noted that on good days, she nearly fainted from hunger and fatigue. And on bad days, she had to outrun gangsters on trains to stay alive. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that crazy? That is just, it's heartbreaking Yeah, to me. it's just so foreign that, uh, Just know. a child, like, yeah. I just Yeah, would, just trying I, to survive. Yes. That experience is why she works tirelessly to keep other children from the same fate. She took a job at 16 as a dishwasher and missed a pile of dirty dishes. Instead of a lecture, she, or getting yelled at, or right. written up, her boss hit her so hard, she lost her hearing on her left side. Right. When she was actually taken in by a kind man and adopted, given his surname, the other foster kids that he and his wife had adopted bullied her because they didn't think she fit in. So the love of the new father and mother wasn't enough to make her stay. She was just being tormented by the other children, so she left. In 1987, someone left a baby girl on her doorstep. Oh, so she welcomed her like a little sister and named her Anne Doe. Let's just say she would have been 19. Yeah. I was just going to yeah, say, think yeah. about that, too. I like, know. But in ways, this is, it, it gave her... Purpose. Yes. Right. Yes. But just still, I was thinking about, oh, yeah. she's still young. She's still a kid. Right. Yeah. So she'd sell coffee, gum, and cigarettes to support them financially, constantly exhausted and treated terribly by others. She often considered taking her own life. But it was because of Ando that she kept going. She didn't want the same life for this, right. this little baby. Right. So a chance encounter with a tourist would change her life and the lives of so many less fortunate kids. After sharing her story, this man offered to take in the baby, mm-hmm. offered to take in Ando as his own, and lent her money to rent a flat. With this 20 ounces of gold, she bought her first house and considers that the day of her birthday. Oh, isn't that the sweetest thing? Yes. So December 10th, 1989. In 1993, she joined the Vietnam Relief Society and helped with their humanitarian programs. It was here that people started calling her Mother Hong. It's easy to see why. She helped orphans, lonely elderly people, minorities. Just anybody that needed help. Yeah. She saw that need and... And continues to today. Victims of floods. Um, also, she provided meals for the homeless. In 2001, she opened up her charity as a home and training center for orphans and disabled children. Fast forward to today, where they're saving currently 350 homeless children, providing home, food, education, and a career. I'm just blown away by her humble heart. I mean, she could have been so jaded with right. how she grew up and I with her being suicidal right totally get it right when I saw photos of this van that they used to take the kids to school it just reminded me of how spoiled I am yes because they were saying we really need a van to get the kids yeah so just safety wise too and I don't know how I have a yeah. No, yeah. but just still keeping them all corralled. Yes. Like, who yes. knows how far away the school yeah. is. It's yeah. just a place to, like, count heads. And- yeah. yeah, constantly, <laughs> constantly grab, yeah. The, grab the rope. And I don't think they're exaggerating when they note that they are in dire need of a new truck. They called it a truck, even though it looked like a minivan oh, to transport the kids. Yeah. Their website notes, the Mother Huang Foundation isn't just a charity, but a conduit for pouring God's love out to humanity. And they also said, our impacts are not measured by miles we cover, but by the smiles we put on our children's faces. Mm -hmm. 
So I just love that. You can check out the organization at motherhuang.org, M-O-T-H-E-R-H-U-O-N-G, and they have an option to read it in Vietnamese or English. Awesome. So obviously I, I had to read in English. Yes. So yeah. That's great. Awesome lady. So I was just thinking about how, besides this podcast, I stay inspired, mm-hmm. you stay inspired, how we can all stay inspired, because sometimes sometimes it's just hard to find it. Oh, absolutely. There's definitely days yeah. for me that I have to do certain things to get me over that hump. Mm-hmm. So I just want to talk about a couple of things that, that help with that, and a couple of things, maybe think outside the box a little bit on some things. So we have to open our minds up. To the ways that we might find inspiration in which it might cross our paths. I kind of liked that. Let me pause Wait, and yes. grab my notebook. Yeah. <laughs> taking notes here. And what types of things that we might be looking for inspiration for. People find inspiration in nature, through technology. I don't know if that's the best for me sometimes, I think. More so nature. Yep. Through people we who we emulate, which, of course, mm-hmm. we talk about all the time mm-hmm. on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Through random occurrences. Because that's true, too. Yeah. And even within ourselves. Here's a list of ways in which we may find inspiration. So this is a big one for me. I know not really Teresa. It's not her favorite. (laughs) (laughs) But my first one is yoga and meditation. Those are my... (laughs) struggle. I know. I struggle bigly with that. (laughs) Teresa has more energy than me. (laughs) Like right before I came here, I actually laid down on the floor and stretched my back out. Good for you. I don't know. See, that's so good for cortisol levels and But I think some of it is also, I have a sit-down job more than you do, right? Yeah. You're yeah. up and moving a lot yeah. more than me. Yeah. I have a sit-down job. So. Although yesterday we were watching a, here's a confession, <laughs> we were watching uh, Super Agers, we're watching a lecture on it, and it's in a movie theater. Okay. And my eyes were very heavy. <laughs> And so I'm listening to it with my eyes closed, and pretty soon I get a text from my coworker. Are you sleepy? <laughs> and I'm like, um, actually, yes. I, I used very- to take my kids to like kids movies and like zip up my coat like up to my neck and take a nap. So um, <laughs> I don't want to watch Happy Feet. Yeah, too. I, I hear you. That's a hard one to fall asleep to. I know. The music. Not for yeah. me. Okay. <laughs> um, but yoga and meditation—they are ways in which we tune out the mm-hmm. distractions of the outside world and clear our mind to make space for inspiration and possibilities. I can see that. Yes. And I really like especially meditation. My fitness app has five-minute meditations, but you can find them anywhere. And the one that I listen to is there's a word that you concentrate on, and I love that. So the word might be elevate. Is each one a different? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I really like that. So sometimes I choose what's my mood that day Mm -hmm. or what do I think I need to hear that day? Mm -hmm. And I just choose one randomly. And Mm -hmm. I I like the word thing because that can get you to think about so many different things related to that one concept. The one I have hanging at my desk right now is courage. Because I like Mm -hmm. that. (laughs) (laughs) My word for the year is habit. So I could could meditate to that word. Completely. Yeah. So I just really love that one. Number two is going for a peaceful walk in nature. Sometimes disconnecting from the electronic world and connecting ourselves with nature allows us to reconnect with inspiration. I know for me, our backyard has a lot of birds. Mm -hmm. My husband put a bird bath out there. (laughs) It's so cute. (laughs) We get a lot of birds. We get hummingbirds. And I just love sitting out there and listening to the birds chirp. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I know it's kind so of weird. So does Hayward the cat. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's not an <laughs> outdoor cat. cat he has to sit inside, but he sits at the window and he's yep. looking at the birds, too. Yep. So, yes. I just love it. Um, it is a place to find for us to find what we have lost and to start to move forward again. Like I said, sometimes when I'm in a bad mood, just walking outside, so there's a school right behind my house with a track. Mm-hmm. And I noticed if I'm in a really bad mood, I can just go out and do like two laps. Yeah. Wind on your face. Yeah. I think it's underestimated. Yeah. Oh, I know it is. The sun. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, in Oregon, we need... Yeah. Vitamin D. Vitamin D. We're all deficient. Yeah. We're all deficient. Yeah. I take a lot of it. I'll have you know. Yeah. <laughs> I love this one, too. Draw, paint, or use adult coloring books. I know you're all shocked. I have a cat one. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's good. Um, I have a Pacific Northwest one, but oh, I haven't cool. colored anything yet. Yeah. I think because just like I have problems committing to putting stickers on my water bottle, right. I have a problem committing to, like, dirtying up my my coloring book. Right. Hmm. I know, which is ridiculous. It's I know, paper. But I understand that, too. So, yeah. Right. Like, what if I don't like Committed that color? To, yeah. What if I don't like that color? It's hard. What am I going to do? I've yeah. Um, but one of the purposes of these activities is to calm and distract us. When we are able to distract from the outside world, we make room for creativity. We allow ourselves the chance to be inspired. Another thing that my mom has, <laughs> it almost looks like an adult coloring book, okay? But it comes with stickers, and instead of, like, coloring in that little square or that triangle, it's a sticker. Hmm. And you just put them. My daughters do it, mm-hmm. too, and they really like it. Just so they're stickers. So it's like a mosaic. Correct. Oh, okay. It's so neat looking. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing. Like, if you're like you and you're like, I don't want to buy colored pencils. Mm-hmm. My hands hurt. Mm-hmm. Whatever. You can just take these little stickers. Oh, that's and cool. It is. So I would say adult coloring book, adult sticker books. <laughs> I do love sticker books when I was a kid, though. The scratch and stick. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes, my gosh. Yes. Number four, be motivated by others by doing things such as watching TED Talks and mm-hmm. listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just kidding. But I do like TED Talks. And sending us podcast yeah. suggestions. Yes. I'll take them. Sometimes the mere presence of someone who is both inspiring and inspired themselves reignites a fire in us that has been out for a while. I think that's really uh, true. Yeah. Um, I think also just the way the world is, sometimes we let ourselves compare, mm-hmm. get down on things. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I do. It's easy. Yes. We're bombarded every day. Yes. So, yeah. The most important thing is that we continue to harness that feeling and do not let it slip away as time passes. Inspiration, I love this. Inspiration is like a fire that we must keep adding Kindle to throughout the day to keep it burning. So true. And we're all imperfect at yeah. it. Like, yeah. I just love these ideas just mm-hmm. to, yeah. I mean, even sometimes my inspiration for the week is writing something mm-hmm. for this. Oh, absolutely. So, and that's okay too. Yeah. Um, number five, read blogs from other writers and topics that you are interested in. I don't yeah. read any blogs anymore. Do you? I do, but okay. I don't read them like religiously. Right. Well, I really love The Lazy Genius. I don't um, know what that is. But, but just different stages in life. Okay, mm. for sure. Because she's got younger kids, and now, you know, right. I don't, the, the tips and stuff don't, aren't relevant anymore. Yeah. So, I don't have any blogs that I read religiously, no. I'm thinking while you're talking, and I do read a couple blogs, but they're food related. <laughs> I know you're all shocked. Which would be Mel's Kitchen Cafe oh. and Our Best Bites. Mm. Those are my favorite ones, probably, to read. Mm-hmm. 
maybe because I cook a lot from yeah. them, but I really like the Pioneer Woman blogs that yeah. she wrote too. Um, it says, this is something that is simple to do and can offer you new perspectives that you might not have thought of. Yeah. And that's totally true. I've completely branched out from, like when I first got married, I would have never used a fresh herb. Really? I just, my mom never cooked with cilantro, parsley. Well, you were too busy with the jello salads. Right. Yeah, and for four kids, <laughs> you know, that she had. And so I just remember being like, uh, the lady that writes for Our Best Bites went on a mission in Brazil. Oh. And so she has a lot of Latin mm-hmm. flavors that mm-hmm. I just had never, I don't remember eating black beans. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, uh, with so, the world getting smaller, yeah. I think that's been one benefit. We're trying yeah. all sorts of foods we never tried right. before. Uh, Teresa and I were talking before this uh, about this Mother Teresa of Vietnam. And, of course, Colleen, I love Vietnam food, <laughs> Vietnamese food, right? So, I mean, just even thinking about that. We all come at the same problem from different angles and viewpoints. So hearing others' thoughts can really give you the newfound inspiration you need to invigorate your own creative process. I think that's something I need to work on right there is hearing other people's thoughts. Right. Not the talking, because... I don't need to keep talking, but hearing and really listening to what people... It's hard, though, because, like, when you were talking about blogs, I was mm-hmm. listening to you, but I was also thinking about, I do, do listen. Wait a yeah. second. <laughs> no, but that's human so, nature. I mean, you're it, already thinking about what you are going to contribute to the conversation. Sure. So, and I don't ever want to sound stupid when someone's right. talking, so I am thinking about what I'm going to say next, and I still end up sounding stupid. I don't think so, and I, I don't think that's true. I never think you sound stupid, for one. (laughs) But I also want to be a good conversationalist, and I want to listen to respond to something, right? right? So that they know I'm listening. Part of me is like, yeah, exactly. So that they do know you're listening, and that you feel important. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, we can all improve. And a little bit of talking, more listening than talking. Yeah. Um, Number six: Try a hobby that you've always wanted to do, but secretly thought you might be terrible at. I have one of these. I was just going to ask what yours might be. I want to cross-stitch really bad. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I want to do a Rosie the Riveter cross-stitch. I want to do, like, family ones where you have, like, people. And it's called, oh there's a really goodness. cute Instagram called um, Stitch People. Uh-huh. And I just love it. You take little family. It's not cats. You need to start with I, cats. Well, I, I, did, I have actually started with cats. Oh, like, okay. I've gotten, like, 50% of the way. But okay. um, that's one thing. That's always in my brain that I want to loop back to. Cross what about stitch. you? Oh, my goodness. Weirdly, I do want to be a better dancer. Oh, yeah. Um, today we had to hula at work. <laughs> oh, yes. wow. And they're like, afterwards, they're like, that was great. But you guys only did one move. Yeah. <laughs> we only had 15 minutes. Do you minutes. remember you could hula hoop on the Wii? You could have a little... Like this? No, hula? they had like a hula hoop. Oh, hula hoop? Yeah. You could practice... Um, <laughs> I don't I don't remember that. Uh, so you think you can dance? You can start on that? Um I I think I need to work on it. And yeah. seriously when we practiced in front of the mirror, I, I and I reminded them, I am not like I don't move like that. Right. I'm like, oh no, you're flexible. And I'm like, there's a difference between like Absolutely. you can be somewhat flexible and not be able to move smoothly. Agreed. I think also teaching like you do, it's definitely more about posture, standing mm-hmm. up straight. Shoulders back, mm-hmm. elbows in. Let's say you're doing a bicep curl or something like that. You're not floppy yeah. because it's yeah. not safe to be yeah. floppy yeah. when you have weights in your hands, yeah. right? Yes. Yes. So I think that's just your body yeah. no, doing that's what, what it's doing. Yes, yeah. Yeah. totally. Um, 
trying something new can be fun and inspiring whether you're good at it or not. (laughs) Which no one's good at something the first time they try it. That's right. That's right. Isn't there a quote somewhere where it says it takes this many hours to be, um, it's not the word genius that I'm Mm -hmm. looking for, but. But like an expert. An expert. That's the exact word. It's like 6,000 hours or something outrageous. Reminds me of, um, uh, Bruce Lee. Yeah. He would always just, he's like, I don't want to practice a million different types of kicks. Right. Just practice one One. kick a million times. A million times. Yep. Also, trying something new actually stimulates parts of the brain that were not previously accessed. Which is another reason why dance would be good for me because it's very good for your brain. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Different way to move. uh, And getting your body to do what your brain's telling it. And then different patterns and choreography is... um, We're getting old. We need that. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Number seven, teach someone something that you enjoy. As I was thinking about this, I was like, I have no clue what I would teach somebody. I wanting to teach the boys how to cook. Oh, yeah. That is a good one. I did teach my older daughter how to cook. But I was just thinking about the other night we were sitting with you and some other friends, and I was talking about makeup. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I love it. Not an expert. Just enjoy it. And I was like, well, you got to try this, and you got to try that. And Colleen does a very good job with her makeup. <laughs> well, mm. But I just love the act of showing someone else something that you enjoy Mm -hmm. or something that you once enjoyed can reignite the way you think about it. It can bring joy for it to bring it to life again. Yes. So number eight, tell everyone you come across for a day something that you appreciate about them. I love that. I do, too. I think we can put also a compliment in that, too. Mm -hmm. Like think about a compliment Mm -hmm. that you can give somebody. Um, Chances are they going they are going to reciprocate. You are guaranteed to find out things that you had no idea that people thought or appreciated about you. One thing, so um, there's a girl at work that has, I think I already talked about this, the most beautiful smile. Yeah. And when I told her that, she was like, I hate my smile because I know this, all these things that nobody else notices. That are imperfect in her own eyes, right? no one else notices. They just notice that she has a very pretty smile. Right. So I think um, even more reason. Yeah. To give someone a compliment because it's probably something, you know, could likely be something they don't like about themselves. Right. But it's good for them to hear. Right. Right. Number nine, volunteer. Mm. I need to get back to that. I yeah. loved, before COVID happened, I loved volunteering at the food bank. And every time we drive by it, I say the same thing. Yeah. I need to call them. Yes. Yeah. Try something that you've never done before. Okay. <laughs> And give back to others. Volunteering has the benefits of doing something good for others and feeling good about yourself at the same time. Often you are going to meet people who inspire you. Mm-hmm. And I totally felt mm-hmm. like that when I worked at the food bank. Who are giving of their time as well. Yeah. Um, and number 10, last but not least, give yourself a time where you can disconnect. I was feeling that today as I was driving over here. Like the last couple weekends have been super busy. We've yeah. been out of town. Yeah. And I thought, this Saturday is going to be so great because I don't have... A lot going on. Yeah. And it's, it's nice. Dreamy. I love it's those dreamy. <laughs> So put the phone, the laptop, yeah. and the TV aside. Yeah. Allow yourself the chance to journal, to think, to let your mind wander, and imagine the possibilities you've been thinking or that you've been struggling with. I actually do keep, I think I've mentioned this on before, I keep a prayer journal. Mm. Um, and I noticed it's about a month. Like, like it's... Overdue. Yep. So I need to pick that up again because I loved seeing, like, Things that I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. I, I just really love that. That's why I love so. bullet journaling. Yes. Because it's so easy. Simple. You just have, quick. Yeah. 
That's true. It doesn't take you very long. And you can just think about what's at the top of your head. And it's still okay. You don't have to dig deep. I mean, you could do like a prayer dump. Yeah. Just whatever you want to pray about, just quickly... Dump it. Get it on there and... And usually I do. And I think nobody could read scribbles but me. And they don't have... It's not for them. No, it's for me. It is important to give yourself this time on a regular basis as we get too caught up with distractions and don't allow ourselves a chance to really clear our minds and tap into the inspiration within us. So think about... Ways you can be inspired. Yeah. I think that's that are outside the, the norm. Yes. Getting started for summer. Because yes. Helping people. Yes. Um, yes. Finding a hobby. Right. You know, or something that you want to try something new. Right. I've had to kind of find these different ways since my kids aren't at home anymore, too. Mm-hmm. Like, again, time to... Finding you. Finding me. Because exactly. just being a mom. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Awesome. I love those. Great. Yay. I don't usually like audiobooks so much. Oh, okay. Weirdly, because my brain just can't track them very well. I, yeah, like we were talking about even meditation. I wander. Your brain wanders. And all of a sudden I'm like, we're at the end of chapter two? What happened in chapter two? (laughs) Mysteries and stuff. I have to reread, reread, reread. Because my mind does wander. And so I especially can't do that if I'm listening to something and driving. Right. Self-help and some... Nonfiction are the exceptions to that. Mm-hmm. But one such example is It's Not Bragging If It's True How to Be Awesome at Life by Zaila Avant Garde. Love, it's not bragging. Is that what it is? It's not bragging if it's true. I know. Okay. It's so cute. So I will just say this is a book for like middle school kids, it's okay. like a, for younger adults. But um, she had some really good lessons in it. And also interesting, Zayle, beautiful name, but avant-garde, I read that her dad named her, gave her that last name oh. after a Jim Croce, it, it was his favorite album or something. Oh, that's funny. So I'm like, this family's just so unique. I and like it. I love it. Mm-hmm. So this young lady is only 16, but oh my gosh, the things that she has accomplished. By 12, she had three Guinness Book of, you know, the world records. Right. Her, her family gave her a book. Of the, of the world records, and it got her thinking. So she had, by 12, um, a basketball dribbling record, a basketball <laughs> bouncing record, and a basketball, bounce, basketball juggling record. So as a kid, this woman, this girl, enjoyed memorizing license plates. Oh, wow. Do you know your license plate number? No, but I know okay. my driver's license number. I do, too. Okay. I feel better about that. Yes. Because I had to write all that with my, you know, social security yes. for classes. But no. I don't know. My, I don't. So, yeah. So I don't even know my own license plate number, no. let alone memorizing other ones. Nope. At 14, she was the first black American to win the Scripps National Spelling Bee. She won $50,000 for this. And when they asked, you know, what what have you done with it? She said she doesn't know where it is. It's probably, she knows that her parents have taken care of it. It's in a nest egg that she'll use someday. She's not expecting to have to use it for college because she's pretty certain she's going to get a basketball scholarship. I thought she was going to say, I'm going to Disneyland. (laughs) (laughs) No, but that's amazing. (laughs) But I love her confidence. Yeah. Her confidence is because she works so stinking hard. Right. Like I said, 12,000 words a day she was memorizing. She's been on the cover of Time Magazine. She's been honored by Sports Illustrated. She filmed a cruise line commercial. Oh. 
Um, this girl's 16. Right. She's gotten an invite to visit NASA. She's been visited by the Globetrotters. <laughs> I love um, it. She impressed Shaquille O'Neal on the Jimmy Kimmel show. Right. She was on there. And he actually asked if she could tutor uh, his kids. Oh, that's totally. Because she's so stinking smart. And she, she probably pays him. well. Oh, I'm sure you put more of that sure in her nest egg. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but this homeschooled young lady is a hard worker and really seems to have fun with it. Right. Right. She gets to go back to the spelling bee, but this time she'll be a guest. Okay. I guess you're only allowed to win once. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't either. Hmm. Maybe one of her three younger brothers will follow in her footsteps. Well. <laughs> I know. This family is busy. And she does like to, it said, torment her, her younger brothers at Who times. Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> it was the other way around. I had younger brother. brothers, too. <laughs> so. I just love that her first chapter in the book is on being, the book on being awesome is to have someone else's back. I love that. Yes, I think I thought it was a perfect way to start off the book. Yes. Um, she also talked about digging deep and do you, mm-hmm. which just impresses me. She's mm-hmm. so young to be so wise. Right. It's a good reminder for all of us to work hard at what we're passionate about. Right. She also has a chapter on how to chill. So this is <laughs> what I was thinking of when you were talking about your, right. your list. Right. She'll watch TV like Family Matters at times, reruns on occasion, but she really loves to listen to NPR. Well, me too. Well, I know, but we're old. <laughs> well, we're old, yeah. We're, we're in, we're in yeah. the demographic that listens to NPR. Yeah, that's true. So she loves Terry Gross on yes. <laughs> Fresh Air, yes. to be exact. It's just her work ethic that makes her a winner. She might lose at times, but she ends up winning in the end because she refuses to quit. Right. Which I love that. Right. Me too. So I the next chapter for Zila, she wants to play for and eventually coach in the WNBA. Of course. Work on genetic engineering at NASA. Okay. Develop a way for humans to withstand more radiation in space so that they can increase their time there. All and, at the same time. <laughs> and be one of the first people to populate Mars. I love it. Isn't that cute? Goals. So, um, big goals. Yes. Huge. But I love that she sets them. Yeah. So you got to read or listen to her book. It's not bragging if it's true. How to be awesome at life. And you'll know that if these are scientifically possible at all, she will definitely make them yeah. happen. Yeah. So, opposite end of the spectrum, okay. she's a young and not letting age stop her. Okay. But my mother-in-law, Barbara, who lives in Sun River, just outside of Bend, in central Oregon, she's always looking for articles, and she came across this one, sent it in. I'm teasing that she needs to be put on her payroll, which is sure. zero. But um, <laughs> yes. she, she found another interesting story in the Bend Bulletin that I want to share. John Mowat has lived in Bend for the last 10 years, and like many other Bend residents, he enjoys rock climbing. People in Bend and Sun River, they love outdoor activities. Yes. So they get their vitamin D. And just so you know, there's, you know, for our listeners, there's Mount Bachelor. Mm -hmm. That's a really popular skiing place in the winter there. I mean, you can do everything in Bend. In the winter, you can do a lot of snow activities. Yes. And then in the summer, you can do desert. You know, it's hot. Yes. So Mowat has been a climber for a while. And one of a team of four climbers that climbed the second tower of the Grand Tetons in Wyoming. The second tower, which was normally bypassed by climbers on the way to the summit, proved to be 
a too inviting challenge to John and his three friends. The climb was covered in ice and required the use of batons to climb a difficult chimney opening in the rock face. Now, I am not a rock climber. I no. I did sign my boys up for um, rock my climbing My dad stuff. was when I grew oh, up. Like, this sounds like something he would have done. Be excited about. Yeah. I do remember the guy at Stoneworks was big on, he's like, it's safer than skiing because you're so careful with what you're doing. Oh, wow. Because I was nervous about, I'm like, is this, you know, right. should a mom be getting their kids into this activity? And he was like, no, this is safe. So, um, two climbers who had, had tried to climb the second tower had died in the attempt. The fall from any surface of the second tower would be fatal. So, what makes John Moet stand out a bit more is that this climb with his three companions occurred on July 18th, 1951. My parents weren't even born. Oh, yeah. John is the only survivor of that foursome, and at the age of 94... He is still climbing. Jeez. He's not scaling mountains at his age, although he certainly has done that, but spends his time in the Bend Rock Gym climbing every route he can. <laughs> we've taken the kids to the Bend oh, Rock yay. Gym. Okay. When we've been when they were younger and they loved it. They have the little bullet and Yes. Yeah. So there are some kid friendly climbs and there's also some very serious climbers there. It's just practicing during the winter. Sure. You know, they sure. get um conditions. Although you, or you could climb it covered in ice. Like he did. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sounds miserable. I know. Um, he also occasionally makes the trip out to Smith Rock. Have you been there? Yes, I have. Okay, yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. It's a mecca for climbers right. and an absolutely gorgeous place to hike in Central Oregon. And if you haven't made it out there, you at least need to look at pictures. Sure. Because it's just gorgeous. Yep. We were there last summer and had a really good time. Particularly watching this little family of river otters, like, playing. and could do that um, for hours. I know. <laughs> We've been there enough that, that, yeah, we were distracted with the otters. Yes. But even just a few years ago, Moet and his wife, Susan, were up hiking in the Himalayas at 20,000 feet. In the Himalayas. I know. All right. Yeah. <laughs> A few years ago. A few That's, years yeah. ago. Just a few. Yeah. So Susan. In his met, early 90s. Yeah, late yeah, 80s. Exactly. I know. That's what I love. Susan, who met John 25 years ago, was also a mountain climber in her youth when she was 46. And as she later found out, John was 70. Okay. They met in Eugene and bonded over a mutual love of cross-country skiing, which is more my speed than downhill. Because you stay warm. I don't know. I might just stay in the lodge and drink hot cocoa. <laughs> yeah. Read a good book. But, Leave your stuff um, with me. It'll yeah. be safe. <laughs> <laughs> um, John and Susan still meet up with members of John's old climbing club, which includes some climbers who became somewhat famous in their day. John, however, is the only one of the group that's still climbing. There's a regular group of seniors that meet at the Bend Rock Gym to climb, usually in the morning. Okay. Which a lot of times, super early morning. Jim Stone, the owner of the Bend Rock Gym, is 68 and hopes that he will be as active as John when he hits 80. Jim says of John, he is an inspiration to all of us old guys. I hope I'm that good when I'm 80. You can just see how emotionally stable the climbing seniors are, how physically fit they are, and how intellectually stimulated they are by the climbing. Balance is so yeah, important, too, balance. as we get older, to yeah. keep that up. And, and I would think that would really keep thinking. It up. You know, you got oh, yeah, to think true. of the handholds and the extremities. Yeah, yeah, all of it. Mm-hmm. John says about climbing, I think it's 
great exercise as you get older. It's pretty gentle mm-hmm. and low impact compared to other sports, which is true. It's all strength. That's true. All strength. Right. John, who was a physics professor at Auburn University and the University of Kentucky, climbed the second tower with his three friends with little preparation or planning. They had planned to climb to the summit of the Grand Teton, and because of the way the snowpack had set, the usual route was closed. So they climbed the second tower primarily because it was in the way of their planned destination. At Just the time, climb this, it's in the way. <laughs> I know. So, not going to stop. No. At the time, the Grand Teton (laughs) were not heavily explored, and none of the 24 climbing groups before them had ever climbed the treacherous second tower, making John and his friends the first group to conquer the second tower, but by accident. (laughs) So, John tells the story that one of his buddies forgot to grab the six peanut butter and jelly sandwiches he had made for the climb, and another of his buddies shared some cans of leftover World War II rations that were pemmican. Hmm. Do you know what that is? I don't. I did not either. A mixture of, you're going to get hungry. I don't know. A mixture of animal fat, dried meat, and sometimes dried berries. From World War II. Not hungry. Yes. No. No. I I don't know how long. Yeah. Not hungry. I bet he wished that he had remembered those peanut butter and jellies. They didn't have specialized climbing gear, and the routes they took were largely unexplored. He said, I knew all of us had a passion for mountains, but back in 1951, I didn't think we were anything special. Now half of the second tower is gone. The top 100 feet or so of the pyramid-shaped rock tower crumbled in an avalanche oh, in wow. September of 2022. I know. I know that. Sad. Yeah. I think what inspires me the most about John Mowat is that at 94, he's not ready to stop. Right. His wife sums it up best. He always seemed ageless to me. He's never been one to dwell on the past or live in the past. And I think to some extent he's embarrassed by all the attention. He just does what he's capable of doing. I don't really think of him as being very old because he isn't. Age is a quality of mind and his mind is young. Wow. Isn't that awesome? That's, that is amazing. And he's right in our backyard. Right. He totally is. Yep. We can't help everyone, but everyone can help someone. Ronald Reagan.